Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to episode 16 of Team Friendship Reads the Newberries. I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Lauren. Hello, friends. And Mandalay. What up, friends? And we struggled with this book, did we not? We did. (laughs) Oh, friends. But we'll get into that later. (laughs) We'll save that. So let's go ahead and get started with our segment for the love of books. Who would like to go first? I can go first. I don't have a ton of book love today. <laughs> We're burnt out on the book. <laughs> yeah, this this book took a lot of my reading efforts from me. Um, so I am currently reading a book that's called The Number One Ladies Detective a- Agency by Alexander McCall Smith. And I'll just read this little blurb on the back of the book. It says, meet Ma Ramatswe. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I might need to listen to the audiobook just to <laughs> learn how to say the names. Uh, the endearing, engaging, simply irresistible proprietress of the number one ladies detective agency. The first and only detective agency in Botswana. With persistent observation, gentle intuition, and a keen desire to help people with the problems of their lives, she solves mysteries, great and small, for friends and strangers alike. It has just been a delightful read. I've had a lot of empty time lately in the mornings. I've been waiting at this doctor's office, and it's just kept me entertained. You know? Awesome. It's a nice, fun little read. Um, oh, and my other thing I'm reading right now. I'm reading Echo again. Well, listening oh, to I the saw audio. that on the yes. Goodreads. I'm trying to get a um, refresher, Goodreads. and then maybe Lauren and I will write a little, little something about it. Yeah, we love it, and there's no reason. There's no reason for you not to read this book. <laughs> Actually, there's no reason for you not to listen to this book. True. This book is best enjoyed through audio. It really is. It is. It's a. It's a fun book, and I'm not going to say anything more about it right now. I will talk about it later. Yes. <laughs> Some of our listeners have complained <laughs> that we're not clear about our books that we love, but I will speak more on that later. On another time. All right. That's my book love. Well, my book love is I recently read My Brigadista Year by Katherine Patterson. She's Ooh, that the sounds author fancy. of Yeah, Bridge to Terabithia, <laughs> which we cried over a few episodes yes, ago. Mm-hmm. So this is a historical fiction book, and it's about a 13-year-old Cuban girl named Laura. And despite her parents' fears, she joins um, Premier Castro's army of young literacy teachers. So she spends a year in a remote part of Cuba. She lives with a family in their two-room shack, and she teaches them and their neighbors each evening um, how to read. So this book was really interesting to me. Because it gives 
kind of a snapshot into the lives, well, the life of this girl in Cuba. And it's, you know, as an American, we don't really know how other folk uh, in different parts of the world live or have lived. And so this is really interesting to me. The So a few years before this literacy campaign that happened in Cuba, which that was in 1961, I believe, and it lasted from January to December of that year. And so before that, Cuba was led by a dictator, and so he was overthrown, and then Fidel Castro came into power. And so when he came into power, he started a few social movements to to help better the lives of the Cuban citizens. And they really did significantly improve the quality of life, especially for those that lived in kind of the more impoverished parts of the of the country. And so he so before the literacy campaign, Cuba was sixty to seventy six percent literate. By the end of the campaign, they were ninety six percent literate which was at the time one of the highest in the world. And today they're 99.7, 99.9% literate. So that's totally awesome. But it got me thinking because a lot of times we can sort of get into this mindset, and I don't know if it's just an American thing or if other countries kind of deal with it too, but we have this nationalistic kind of mindset that the way we do things is the best way and the way that our government is run is the best way and any other type of government sucks. Now, I agree that there are some types of government that do suck and that aren't really the best for the people. But I think we need to remember that each country is unique. I mean, the size of Cuba is incredibly different than the United States. And so, I don't know, we we need to think of how things are run how they do certain things just because other countries do it different than we do doesn't mean it's bad also just because another does country does something and it's successful doesn't mean that that's going to work in America mm-hmm. for example i was reading a book about education and stuff and they brought up France and how they run their education system and it's really awesome for France but it would never work in America And I've also heard with the whole gun reform thing going on right now, people have brought up Australia and how they did things. Well, that would never work in America. And there's reason. Yes. (laughs) They do have guns. That is a falsehood. (laughs) They don't have certain guns. Yes. Okay. I've just read comments. I know. They could. Right. They collected guns, like specific guns, but they didn't take all of the guns, despite what people think. They really have guns, guys. (laughs) Fake news. (laughs) Go on, Lauren. (laughs) So I really like this book. It wasn't a long read or a hard read. It was really interesting, and I enjoyed it. So if you enjoy historical fiction, if your child enjoys historical fiction and reading about other cultures and countries, this is a good one to pick up and read. Plus, it's Katherine Patterson, so she's awesome. Let's see. The other book that I wanted to discuss is The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie. She is the host of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. It's a delightful podcast. It really is delightful. (laughs) Check it out. It's awesome. 
especially if you're a parent of children and children of any age or if you just have children in your life and love books it's awesome so this book talks about the importance of making meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books and I love like the first part of her book kind of talks about the why of it and then the last part of it gives practical advice on how to actually read aloud to your kids and she spends like several chapters giving book recommendations and she gives them by age so that was super helpful so I highly recommend that book and this is not like a book but I just wanted to share my experience I had the other night so the Rockford Public Library is planning to build a new main library downtown and so Right now, they're in the very, very early stages of planning that. And so they've been hosting these community envisioning sessions where anybody from the community can come to these and share their ideas and and just learn about what what they want to do with the library. And did so you share your ideas? More? I did. So I went on Tuesday night, and they had us sit at different tables. And at each table... They gave us different colored sticky notes and we had to share ideas. The different colors were for like services that you wanted, um, spaces in the library that you thought would be good, and then outside the library. And so it was super awesome. So we all shared those and then our our table put our sticky notes on some posters and each table did that. And then we had uh, one person from each table stood up and gave shared our ideas. And then we each got six little stars and we got to go around the room and vote on the ideas that were shared. Yeah, it was super awesome. And um, it was fun. Like I feel like everyone there felt like their voice was heard, but then we also learned the other ideas and thought, wow, I never thought of that. That's awesome. So they're having two more of these, and probably by the time that this podcast comes out, they might just have one left. But I encourage you, if you can, to go to one of these, if you live in Rockford and like the library. It was really cool, and I told Leah when I got home from it, I texted her, I was like, it was like the spirit of the people in a room. It was so cool. (laughs) Because there were just people there from the community of different ages. Like, it was just really cool to see, you know, young people and people Mm -hmm. my age and even elderly people were there. It was really, really cool. And proud of you guys. Yeah. So just to share kind of the timeline of that, they said they'll probably have an early draft of the floor plan late fall, early winter of this year. They're planning the grand opening to be in 2022. So, which will be the 150th, 150th anniversary of the Rockford Public Library. Wow. So they're hoping so that they away. actually will be done <laughs> done with yeah, it by then. So it can coincide. <laughs> but it was really cool. So that's my, my love for books. How do, you love? do you have any love, Mandy? Um, yes, I am not as detailed as you guys. That's all right. I'm still reading Magnus. Good job. Magnus. Yes. How are you liking it? <laughs> I like it. Good. I like it. I haven't made much progress well, recently, that's okay. but I do I like, like it. it. Good. Um, I started Rebound. Of course, I'm liking that. Um, and then I'm trying to work on The Lord of the Rings. Awesome. It's going to be hard. Those might be good in audiobook form for you because <laughs> they were hard for me to read. 
It's going to be okay, though, Lauren. It'll be okay. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> make it. <laughs> the two towers took me two years to get through. Oh, that's, oh, that's encouraging. encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> just knock me down before I even get up. One year, year per tower. I just, yeah, just <laughs> letting you know that book was super difficult to get through. Wow. But good story. Good story. That's my, that's my love. All right. Well, our next point of discussion is, you guys, we met Kwame Alexander. We met him. We, we did. We took a photo with him. We yes. did. It's on our site, our page, our social medias. All of them. <laughs> that was so, that was like one of the most fun things that that we've ever done. I think, mm-hmm. right, guys? It was a mm-hmm. it was a pretty surreal kind of moment, especially with our the emphasis of our podcast being on Newberry winning authors yes. <laughs> and their books. It was really cool to finally get to meet someone who won the award, someone that we all appreciate, not just for his books, but. If you follow him on social media, he's just a very inspiring person. And to finally get to see him in person and hear him speak and have Randy perform some Mm -hmm. music for us and just see how he has affected um, young people and the people that are trying to teach them, encourage them to read. It was a really neat night. You could tell Mm -hmm. there were several teachers with some of their students there. Mm and I just, I was very encouraged. Our number one fan, uh, Joey, went with us. Yeah. And even he was moved by the whole experience. Yeah, just, I believe there were tears. There may have been tears. Our podcast, we can call you out. <laughs> hey, I, I shed some tears, too. I did, too. It was really cool. I mean, there were two, two younger, younger gentlemen in the audience that... He one of them he actually called up and had him read a few pages mm-hmm. of Rebound with him. But it was just really cool to see how Kwame has impacted their lives mm-hmm. and given them a love for poetry. I mean, one of the young men stood up and quoted part of Maya Angelou's poem. Um, and it was yeah. that moved me to tears mm-hmm. to to see yeah. like mm-hmm. he's he's feeling um, that he's worth something to society, to people, right. because of Kwame, and that was awesome. I was a little nervous for him when Kwame called him out. I, I know, because <laughs> he said his favorite poem, his favorite poet, and he, Kwame like, said, do you know it? And yeah. he said, yeah, um, parts of it. And he's like, he's say like, it. Well, go on. <laughs> and it was just, it was really good, so... That was really awesome to me. It was, and he is such a genuinely kind person. I think one of the funniest parts of the evening... Um, they were asking for audience participation and someone gave a suggestion that we should all get to tour his tour bus, <laughs> the rebound <laughs> bus. And you could see him legitimately pause and consider. And his tour manager was like, no, no, no this room full possible. of people cannot tour <laughs> your bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you could just see the wheels turning. Like, how can I how make this happen? This? <laughs> It was also funny because he said that because we were at a bookstore. I mean, he goes to schools all the time and has large crowds of students. But when he got up to the front, he looked out and he's like, I I think this is the largest crowd that's ever come to see me at a bookstore. And yeah. he kind of had to take a minute yeah. and like yeah. gather himself because yeah. <laughs> he wasn't expecting that. So that was cool, too. Yeah. yeah. See, so we got to have our book signed by him. And because we got there very early, (laughs) we were some of the first in line. That was awesome. Um, 
and he let us take a picture with him, even though I don't think he was supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have asked, but there were people in front of us that yeah. did. So I was like, well, I'm just going to ask. Worst he could say is no, but he said sure. I was like, you remember Team Friendship? Kwame, I don't know if you actually remembered us, but <laughs> thank you for at least, you know, saying <laughs> It was so funny because I was the first one of us to to get up there. And I like had in my head like, this is what I'm going to say to him. I'm going to, you know, kind of interact with him. I just get up there. I hand him the book and I'm like, hi. And I'm like, thank you. And I just walked away. And I'm like waiting, (laughs) you know, for our quote unquote fearless leader to say something. And I'm like, all right, she's not going to say anything. I guess I'm going to have to do this. Thank you, Mandy. I just totally got starstruck and I just shut down. Well, like, you, you didn't say anything. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not leaving this place. We did not drive all the way here to not get right. a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we will have it. Oh, it's great, though. So thank you, Kwame. Oh, yes. And he won the Newberry for the crossover, which he said at his thing um, that it was rejected, what, 22 times? Yes. So that's funny to me. Yeah. He was very persistent, and he said, I knew my book was good, so I just mm-hmm. kept I just kept trying, and he mm-hmm. didn't give up, and that was very inspiring, too. He's like, if you believe in what you're doing, and you know that it's good, don't give up and keep doing it, What no matter what it is that you're doing, if you're, you know, trying to, you know, ice cakes or, you know, whatever <laughs> you're trying to do. <laughs> I can't give up on that, Lauren. That's my income. <laughs> But yeah, he he was super inspiring. Like I think we all left like we can do anything. And yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love, feel that way. I love the um, he does this little kind of sing songy chant with his daughter every morning. It's like be a star. I don't know. He just does this little be a star thing, and I it was fun to do it in person with him. But I think one of my favorite things is to see him do that with like groups of children. Wow, I'm like getting choked up because it's just it's just really sweet to yeah. see him pour into these kids that listen. You can you can do things. You can make a difference. You can. You help are place. important. Yeah. yeah, he's the best. He's currently building a library in Ghana, mm-hmm. so yes. I'll, we can put a link to that if you would Ghana. like to. Or I've got my little postcard here. So yeah, and. Related to that, we all we got to see in person a Newberry medal. Yes, and we got a photo of that. Yes. Too. We yes. already posted that. The we can post it tour again. Tour manager brought it around, and he saw that I wanted to take a picture, and so he brought it back to our row and like let me pause yeah, and let me take a picture. Sweet. They were very. He was very kind people, mm-hmm. as Mandy can attest. <laughs> when you reached out to his uh, PR oh people. yes um yeah I decided to take a leap and get a hold of his whoever his contact is for setting up I guess having him at events and uh, whatever that's called they have a name a publicist thank you <laughs> so yeah email her and I'm just like yeah team friendship you know we have a podcast you know let us know if we can uh, interview him sometimes she emails me right back well are you free right now he's got some time in between events and I'm at work so I'm like I wish I was free right now <laughs> and I'm like frantically texting team friendship <sighs> so but it's okay she we um we have a plan 
Yes, hopefully sometime in the future we will yes. have a interview with him, which would be me. super awesome. She gave me a time frame to get a hold of her again, so but we'll we'll keep that quiet. <laughs> we also do we want to talk about we also got uh do we get one or two books signed? We got two books. We got the crossover and rebound, both signed by Kwame. Yes, that's our surprise. And we are <laughs> planning to do a giveaway, possibly in correspondence with our interview with him. We still have to work mm-hmm. through the details, but mm-hmm. but keep your eyes and ears. Yeah, out. we'll put a post on Facebook, well, all our social medias, and tell you how you can enter to win one of those books or both. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, could get lucky. You never know. Both of them. You never know. <laughs> so yeah, that was super fun. Are you ready for the book news? <sighs> I just love my song. Good. <laughs> I'm proud. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I was Googling stuff, and I found this really cool... There's a whole week dedicated to children's books. Children's Book Week. And it's coming up. When is it? April 30th through May 6th. And I guess, like, libraries all over, like, do stuff. We should check out our library yeah, and, and just see what hang out there all week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly what they do, and even this article isn't very... Specific, but it's just a time to celebrate the. You probably have to look at your own library and, and see, what, see what they're, they're doing. doing. Yeah, that. Cool. I know. I was super excited, and then I wanted to also. I think was this the book that you sent that you said Lauren and I would like chasing yes, helicity? Yes. It is. The cover literally has a tornado on it, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by one. That's of how Lauren's you know it's good. Favorite yeah, it's by meteorologist Ginger Z. Yes. Yes. I like meteorologists. We met Lauren and I got to meet her. Oh, she was nice. Good morning, America. Sure. Maybe we can post that picture for the. <laughs> Maybe. Sure, I was really fat back then, so oh, it'd be a nice picture of my fat face. Okay, something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So this this book looks really cool. Uh, about a thirteen year old girl. She loves storm science and math. Is this like? semi-autobiography like is it based on ginger's life or it, it kind of seems i mean i don't know if she got caught in a tornado but yeah but it, i mean it at least seems just like based on her love of yeah weather i'm sure she's loved weather for a while so. <laughs> well i would hope she so. clearly <laughs> has given her life to it she really does like i've seen her nerd like she'll get super nerdy sometimes <laughs> and it's really fun to watch is that the point i i believe that is out now yes yes it, well i think maybe it comes out this page doesn't say. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, she's actually going to be in our area sometime soon to do a book signing. Oh, April 24th. Oh, so a few more there days from when we're recording. So it could be out by the time. Could be out by the time you guys are hearing mm-hmm. this. You can pre-order it now. I know that. Okay, okay. This is really cool. This is probably okay, my, my favorite. favorite. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but I don't remember it. Story time from Space Guys. I've heard of that. Yes. The astronauts read and you can watch them. <laughs> I feel like they just got bored and they're like, guys, guys, what if we do a story time? <laughs> no. When I was at the meeting the other night for the library, they shared an example of, I think, the library in Elgin 
had this happen to them. The space station, like, was over Elgin, and so they had kids there, and they, like, got to talk to the astronauts, and yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so, um, we'll, we'll link to this, and you can see the inside of the space station and have an astronaut read to you. Yeah, I was super excited when I found that. Total accident. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, now I gotta, I actually have to get my notes now. Because I wanted to talk about some new young adult books. We don't touch them often. YA. Yeah. Yes, YA. YA. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Dread Nation. Look, the cover looks cool. That's why I picked it. By Justina Ireland. But it sounds cool, too. There's, like, zombies involved. Nice. Um, It's, it's like a... I don't like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, but some people like zombies, so it's like um it's like a blend of like alternate history and fantasy and horror. So if you're into stuff like that, you guys probably aren't. So Mandy's gonna read this. <laughs> I might. I might read that. And then I have to find the next one here. The Diminished. This one sounds cool. Um by Caitlin Sage Patterson. Oh, yeah, and it's basically like everyone is born with a twin. But then, like, some people aren't, and they're called, like, the single-born. I didn't, like, really read into it, but the concept sounds cool, so I might check that out. You guys should check it out. Let me know if it sucks. And then uh, Sky in the Deep by Adrian Young. It's, like, YA with Vikings is the description on it. And there's there's a lot of Viking stuff, I feel like, coming out right now, so people should check that out as well. Um, I think we already talked once before about the Mortal Engines movie. Yes. Um, but I was just watch- watching the trailer the other day and thought I would bring it back up. Yes, I read the first book. Did you? It's, it's okay. okay, okay. There's three books, I believe. Yes. yes. So December 14th of this year. And Peter Jackson's doing Peter that. Peter Jackson. Who also did The Lord of the Rings yes. and The Hobbits. So we have high expectations. Yep. Don't disappoint, Peter. Don't do it or we'll be done. <laughs> And then Annihilation, that was a book, that's a movie now. It's got, what's her face in it? Uh, Padme. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Natalie Portman. And that's I, the one where she, like, her husband goes missing. Yeah, the, the Shimmer. And when I watched the trailer, I was like, ooh, The Shimmer, stupid movie. Okay, well, I watched it, and it's freaking awesome. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I wonder if this is a book. Turns out it is a book. It's not just a book. It's a series. Ooh, and it, it's a young adult? I don't, I think it's like a sci-fi. Okay. Um, But, but just, just a, an adult book. Not- no, I wouldn't think it's for children. But I just couldn't, I was really, I felt awesome for being like, this has a book vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it was a book. So for the adults out there, the, the whole series is called uh, the Southern Reach Trilogy. So how would you describe that movie? Is it more sci-fi suspense like Jurassic Park? Um, yeah, it has a Jurassic Park feel. Um, there's there's some jump scares, but it's not. No, there is one part that I, it's not for children. Parts Don't let of your it children definitely made me think of Stranger Things. Did yes. it have that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I haven't watched the movie. Just but the there's a there's a specific scene. Don't let your children watch it. It's <laughs> it's really gory. All right. Um, but it's really good, and I I I I just I wonder if the book is that explicit or if they just kind of added that. I don't know. Hmm. 
But I'm excited to possibly read those and for there to be more movies. Cool. And last but not least, The Infinity Wars is going to be here. Lauren. Yeah. Touch on my comic book love. You excited? I am excited now that I've seen... I mean, I I uh, have kind of caught up. I haven't seen all the movies, but I've caught up on, I think, the necessary ones. And I, Lee and I, we saw Black Panther. I have not seen that yet. So good. Is it good? It's so <laughs> good. I told my husband, because he hasn't seen it yet. He doesn't like to go to the theater. I don't blame you, Michael. I came home and I... I don't, the Marvel movies in general are not, in my opinion, that great of storytelling. Like, there's not really a lot of depth to it. There's explosions, there's fight scenes, there's superhero powers. Oh, yeah, it's like your good friend Rick Riordan's books. Yeah, they're not, yeah. (laughs) But they're entertaining. But Black Panther, to me, is one of the best movies that I've ever seen, ever. Does it have more depth? It it really does. There, the acting is incredible. The scenery is beautiful. The storyline is really good. It has depth. It there's a lot of weight to it. Have to check it out. The soundtrack was beautiful. I really like the soundtrack. It just oh here we go. It had, yeah here we go. <laughs> it adds just a lot of really cool sounds to it, and it was just. It was really, I really enjoyed it, and that's one that I will probably continue to rewatch over and over again. It was just really, really good. So I'm excited for Infinity Wars yeah, because I of that's that. April 27th, this Friday. Coming this Friday. Friday, yeah. I don't think I'll get to it <sighs> this week, but soon. Yes. Leah, we still need to go see Ready Player One. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty sure it's gonna be out of the theater before. We have <laughs> no, time we gotta to go. get I, there. I have some friends that went and saw it. They what did they think? They liked it. Um, I don't know. One of my friends she said that it was she's tired of the same story. Well, it has the dis- <laughs> it's the same dystopian yeah. vibe. <laughs> so she's like, it was a good movie, but I'm just tired of the same story. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will watch it for myself. I'm just curious because I. We've known for a long time that it there's no way that it can be like the book. So I'm right. just curious to see how they're doing the movie. So mm, that's all. Is that it? That concludes our book news. Well, guys, are you ready to get into this book? Let's try this. I'm going to read the blurb. The blurb from Goodreads. All right, so we will be discussing and reviewing Ginger Pie by Eleanor Estes. This is the winner of the 1952 Newbery Medal. The disappearance of a new puppy named Ginger and the appearance of a mysterious man in a mustard yellow hat bring excitement into the lives of the pie children. Does it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if exciting is the word I would use. All right, I'm going to pass it off to Leah with some author history. Is she dead? She is deceased. Excellent. She was I'm about to talk a lot of crap. 1906. <laughs> so she, uh, her, she was born in 1906. She died in 1988. She was born in West Haven, Connecticut. That's where she grew up, which is the inspiration for the town in this book, Cranberry, Connecticut. And is it Cran? Or Cran- Cran- Cranberry? 
that didn't sound right when I said it. Anyway, her town that she grew up in was the inspiration for the town in this book and also her book, The Moffats. So the Moffats and the Pies live in the same town. Do they interact with each other? They don't interact, but I noticed in this book they mentioned the Moffat family and their museum. So I didn't get to the end of the Moffats, but maybe they open a museum. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> a little trivia about her name, Eleanor. She was named that because there had always been a Nora or a Lenore in her mother's family, but they had all had bad luck in life, as her mother said. So they thought by naming her Eleanor, it was just a bit different and would sunder that heritage. <laughs> like a weird way to name your child anyway yeah um, so that's why she won the newberry it has nothing to do because <laughs> they changed her name so she had good fortune <laughs> okay so anyway uh she graduated from high school in 1923 and entered the new haven free public library training class which sounds delightful she then worked in in the children the library's children's department she went from junior assistant to head of the department. Working her way up there, yeah. up the ladder. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. So then she received a scholarship for librarians in 1931. Her history, I felt like, was more interesting than the book. I enjoyed learning about her. Anyway, she won this scholarship um, in recognition of her outstanding work in the juvenile field. And she was able to go to New York City and attend, attend the Pratt Institute Library School. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, so she met her husband there, and they continued to live in New York City. Um, so her husband worked at Brooklyn College and Stuyvesant High School, and then Eleanor worked um, several different places that I had never really heard of, but um, just different libraries around the city. And then she got tuberculosis. So that's what kind of started her writing career because she was bedridden. And while she was recuperating, she started writing The Moffats, which, guys, The Moffats is actually not that bad. I listened to it on audiobook. And Don't care. It was just, it was <laughs> very similar in the fact that there's no plot to her book, but it was more based on her and her own childhood. So I felt like it had more heart. Anyway. Um, and then they ended up moving to California and all this other stuff. And that's where she wrote Ginger Pie was when she was living in California. Maybe that's the problem. It probably was. She wasn't in New York City anymore. Mm -mm. No good inspiration. Yeah. A lot more drugs out in California. Um, yeah. So guys, we're definitely not alone in our disdain for this book. Good. Almost every article I read about her or her books pointed out the fact that she has no plot or she has weak plotting skills um but the thing that everyone liked about her writing was that she had deep insight into the perceptions of children um which i don't know i mean kids i guess were different back then i mean all the rabbit trails in this book which there were several it was unbearable kind of was was in the mind of the children right and i think that's what people were saying that her writing was very childlike and yet adult and i guess that was kind of a unique thing but um 
childlike as in they can't stay on track when they're right. telling a story. And it's like maybe basically, that was the problem. and it's maybe, like covering yeah. their emotions and their experiences, and just couldn't survive flooding. in the brain of a child. Apparently, I don't know, but that's really all I know about her. <laughs> she had one daughter. Uh, her daughter was the inspiration for one of her other books she wrote. I can't remember which one. Um, yeah. And that she was kind of in a grouping the, the years before and after her award was kind of the same thing. It was these ladies that wrote stories kind of first person from the point point of view of a child. They're more, it's like realistic fiction is what it's called. And um, I guess that was the kind of thing back then. Yeah, well, so that I don't like this genre. Why they would be more likely to pick her, but I don't know. That's all I have about her. <laughs> awesome. So let's discuss this book. First, I want <laughs> us to talk about what we liked about the book. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll start while you guys are collecting your thoughts. Didn't know we were gonna have to come up with things we liked. <laughs> this isn't fair. I liked how at the beginning of the book, Jerry, he really wants to get a dog, but they already have a cat, and he's super concerned about whether the cat, whose name is Gracie, is going to be okay with this. Is Gracie gonna be okay with this? And he's really concerned about it. So he asks his sister Rachel, like, do you think she'll be okay with this? And mm-hmm. they kind of talk about and I agree with you on that. Yeah, I, that, I thought that was really that's nice. That's what made me think this book is gonna be okay. And then I just kept reading and it wasn't getting better and I was sad. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing and I think especially for children to think about. Like that's a very mature thought for them. Right. right. Because I think even adults, like, when they want to get a dog, they really don't think it through, and they just go out and get a dog. And then they realize, oh, this is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, or someone in our family is allergic to this. You know, they you need to really think about it. It's not like going out and getting Mm -hmm. a goldfish. Or instead of getting one dog, you come home with two. Or one cat, you come home with two. And I think people think, well, I want to I want to make a home for this dog. You're not helping the dog if you bring it home and it doesn't work out and then you have to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So let somebody else who really wants the dog get the dog. Anyway. So I also liked how they like the dog was a dollar and so Jerry needed to earn the dollar to mm-hmm. buy the dog. And I don't, this was in the 50s, so I don't know really what a dollar back then would equal Seems now. like it was apparently a lot. Yeah, so... Maybe like 10 dollars? I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like a lot I don't, of Yeah, because wasn't that back in the day when like you could get like, a crap ton of candy for like a penny? Yeah. Well, they like list like how much they get like for allowance <laughs> or something, and it really wasn't very much. And But anyway, so he... They, like, clean the pews. They dust the pews at church to earn the dollar, and that was a funny scene. I really liked that whole scene. It was funny to me. I really like Rachel. She was my favorite character out of everybody. She seemed to be the most well-rounded character, I guess, in my opinion. The most level-headed. Later on in the book, she... I don't know. 
there's so many rabbit trails in this book, it's distracting. But anyway, one of the rabbit trails talks about how Rachel really cares about old men. And if she sees them, like, <laughs> in, like, discomfort, she'll, like, cry. And, like, so she just really loves her grandpa. And I don't know. That was really cute to me. <laughs> so that's what I liked about the book. Which really wasn't too much, but I tried to find great. some. One dollar. I just did nineteen fifty. This book was in like I don't know when. Well, it came out in fifty one. So so a dollar nineteen fifty would be worth ten dollars and forty five cents today. I mean that's a good price for a dog. If it's mm-hmm. like a farm dog, though, like you know that they're just breeding those. Yeah. Regularly. Mm-hmm. And I don't. What kind of dog is Ginger? Some type of terrier. an Australian something. He. He. It's a he. he. Yes, it's a he. It was in here somewhere. You can tell how much we love the book. I really wanted to like this book, guys, because the reason that I picked this book was because the author of The Vanderbeekers, she named her dog Ginger Pie. And so I thought, well, she must like, I mean, she even lists these these books as inspiration for her own writing. And the Vanderbeekers is an awesome book and very well written. And the storyline is awesome. Everything's great. And I can kind of see how she gets her inspiration mm-hmm. from this book. She yeah. definitely, she tells her story through different points of view. I mean, how many kids are in the Vanderbeeker family? Five? Yeah, and they each kind of have a turn. But she does it well. Anyway, and so I was really, really sad. And then I felt like, what does this say about me that I don't enjoy this book? And, you know, all these other authors do enjoy, like, do, like, get their inspiration from this book. But it's not everyone is going to like the same books, and it's okay. So. And I could kind of see, if you just look at children's literature as a whole, in comparison with how this book is written and other books in the same time. It's more of a focus on the family and how the family supports each other. And um, it's kind of a grounding force in the child's life. That was a common theme of these books back in the day. And I can definitely see that in the Vanderbeekers. Like everything is within the family and they're all working together and even though the outside forces are against them, you know, their family is a force of its own and and fighting against whatever negative thing is happening on the outside. So I do see how she could get her inspiration. Um and I think that I think that if this book would have been written today, she would have got some help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For how to fix her plot issues yeah, and that such. that reminds me of Benji, our good friend Benji on Goodreads. He's not really a friend. He doesn't even know us, but <laughs> <laughs> I like his reviews. <laughs> Here's his review, and I think it's – I'm going to read the whole thing because his view kind of sums up, I think, all of our views. So he says, Here's the Leave it to Beaver type book that I was expecting from the 50s. I think that in 1952, Ginger Pie was a good book. I think that if Estes submitted it for publication today, it would probably be edited down to about half its current size, and if that happened, it would probably be a really good book. This is an improvement because most of the winners I've read up to this point would probably have been rejected completely for publication. So he's he uh, has read the mm-hmm. Newberries in order. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
He said, I like the characters, especially Rachel, who I thought was the roundest, best thought out character. Me too, Benji. I think the novel might have been better told completely from her point of view. It's clear that Estes understood kids. I loved it when Rachel quits going to Girl Scouts because her first meeting caused her to miss the Aurora Borealis because she's afraid it might happen again. (laughs) This last comment is funny. The illustrations, though. Seriously. If you obviously have no talent for drawing, get a friend who does to sketch for your book. You don't have to do it yourself. I thought that, too. And I'm not an artist, but... These drawings are not good. I mean, Estes did it herself, and it was just not. I mean, this picture here that I'm looking at. Ugh. It's disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, so one of my, I don't know if it was a favorite scene. I just found it amusing and very childlike um, when Rachel and her dad went to visit uh, her aunt, Aunt Hoyt, Aunt Auntie Hoyt. Um and she had to sleep on this couch and it was cold and miserable. And uh, <laughs> she, she, in her childlike innocence, thinks that she needs to be really, really good on this trip and show that she's mature and she can handle things because then maybe her dad will take her with him. Her dad is a, what is it called? He studies birds. Yeah, he's a he bird studies man. Birds, and she wants to do that as well and so she's trying to prove that she can go with him on some of his trips <laughs> and so she's afraid to say that the couch is cold anyway the line on here it just kind of made me chuckle and i don't know why but it says the next night as rachel got ready for bed she viewed the cold couch of night with horror <laughs> it was like so dramatic <laughs> and i think i mean that's very representative of a child's mind everything's a big deal when you're a kid yeah and it is you can't say certain you're afraid to say certain things because you might get in trouble even though you're like uh oh i think it was the moffats the girl in the moffats uh didn't want to tell the police office or something because she thought she's going to get arrested but it was just like yeah, yeah. It was something stupid was it in this or was that in the moffat <laughs> their books are very similar, i don't remember I, there was a policeman in this book but i don't know so i yeah she definitely gets the mind of a child but Fox Terrier. Thank, Thank you. Mandy. They cut his tail off. Do they do that with Fox Terriers? Why do they do that with dogs, Mandy? Do you um, know? They do it with, at least with boxers, because um, they they shake their tails like crazy, like a whip, basically. And um, later in life, they can end up hurting it. Oh, okay. Um, so it's for it's a safety thing. Because I, I guess I've always thought it was just like because they look better with it. No. So it was a cosmetic uh, thing. And I was like, well, that's not very nice. Uh, ear cropping is a totally cosmetic thing, which is why my dog still has her ears. Good. She should have ears. I think ears are important. I like her floppy ears. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the, the ear cropping might be more of like a fighting dog thing. I could see that being, but we don't we don't believe in that. We're against that. But the tail thing is legitimately for their own sake. Well, good, good. They break it and end up having to have it amputated anyway because it doesn't heal. So just cut it off when they're a puppy. They don't yeah, even know. know. Easy peasy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Leah, what did you have something like you wanted us to talk about next or do we want to just jump to the things we didn't like and the things we would change? <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I mean, I could do it all for you guys. Like, um, we didn't like like all of it, and we would change <laughs> like all of it. <laughs> so, I just have a few points in defense of this particular. Oh, she's Leah's coming to the defense writing style. I guess attorney it. So, Law. I guess. Leah. <laughs> She wanted to be a lawyer when she was a child. I, I did, too. Now's her chance. Now's my chance. <laughs> okay, so I read this article. Guys, our libraries have some really amazing sources, and I've just never considered using them before. Like what? So there, there are different research databases that if you have a library card, you can get access to. <gasps> Share those with me. Will. <laughs> so this one... Such a nerd. I like to know stuff. <laughs> this one is about literature. This database has literature information. So they have biographies of different authors. Um, this article that I read was on that database. Um, so this is called An End of Innocence, The Transformation of Childhood in 20th Century Children's Literature by Anne Scott McCloyd. I will now read the whole article. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we have time. <laughs> So she just discusses um, kind of what we've already talked about and kind of what I mentioned with the family being very important and it's the grounding source in literature before the 19, like up to the 1950s and kind of through the 1950s. Um, And one of the things that she mentioned that I thought was, it kind of made things clear to me of why you would want a story like this for children back in that day. Because today we see stories that help kids cope with different things that happen in life. Um, I mean, the story didn't really help you cope with a whole lot, I don't think. But back in that day, like the message was, it's okay, there's nothing to be scared of. Because if you think of it, I mean, the Great Depression ended in 1939, so things are still like rebuilding. The Cold War was 1947 to 1991, so everyone's afraid that like is going to bomb everyone world war ii ended in 1945 there were some major you know atrocities that happened during that and so i think a lot of these books were just trying to encourage kids that like it's gonna be okay like there's a lot of terrible things in the world and they didn't want to put them in these books like you have your family you have these lessons you're learning within your community and the safety of your community um Yeah. So, okay, it was the Moffats. So Janie Moffat is kind of the main character, I think, in the Moffat series that she wrote, and it's based on her, herself, Eleanor. And she had a conversation with the chief of police because um, she thinks she's going to go to jail because she did it's she did something. It's a childish prank is what this says. And he said, little girl, don't you be afraid of policemen anymore or of anything. Remember this. A policeman is for your protection. He's nothing to be scared of. So, I mean... People have different ideas about that. But, like, that's the theme. Like, don't worry. Don't be scared. Like, I know the world was ending, like, three years ago, but life's going to go on. But we're good now. (laughs) So that was an interesting perspective that I really hadn't considered. Like, times were tough. And they didn't want kids to have to think about that. I didn't help me like this book anymore. (laughs) No, but I think, like, because Benji said, I think... In its time, it, I mean, it must have been a good book. It won the Newbery. I mean, I guess we 
assume that, but... See, yeah, you know, we assume that about the story of mankind, too. Well, why do we think it won the Newberry? Because this was the... I think it's because this was the trend. All right, I had a list of... Where did my list go? I don't know. It was, it was very, very Little House on the Prairie-esque. Yeah, but those books are better. Here's a family, to me, I mean, I remember as I was reading the it, doing. yeah, I remember I was, as I was reading it, I just, I mean, I said it to you guys, like, this is, it's in, for me, it's in the same category of Story of Mankind. I didn't, that's how much I didn't like it, which is really sad to me because I really wanted to like it. I did too. I read the beginning and I read the end. Yes. That's it. I mean, and honestly... To get the main gist of the story, that's all you need to do. I sent you the chapters last. I I was like, read chapters one through three, then read the title of chapter seven, and then read chapters 13 and 14. Chapter seven, like, ginger pie goes missing on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, that must be what happens in this chapter. And that's all. (laughs) They're having Thanksgiving dinner, and then all of a sudden they realize ginger isn't there anymore. So... Yeah. So the winners around this time, one was Roller Skates by Ruth Sawyer, which is about this girl within her family. Her parents are wealthy, but she wants roller skates or something. I don't know. So it's all about her journey to get roller skates. Then Both Summer is about a girl and her pig that she wants to win some award, but it's all within the setting of like Apparently. family. Away Goes Sally is another book that was popular back then, and it's all about Sally and her family and stuff that happened. Like, so this is just... The genre is these kids. It's crap. Some random adventure that. Well, I remember you saying, because we talked yesterday a little bit about how, like, a lot of the books didn't really include, like, bad things, quote unquote, right. bad things. And so this book included a, a bad thing that Ginger, you know, gets. I mean, she gets stolen. That's what happens. So are we just going to randomly talk about this book? Yeah. I mean, okay. is that okay? Yeah. Okay. It, it kind of fits the book. <laughs> it's true we will have no plot line to this discussion the whole time i knew exactly what had happened to her and the whole time I'm just thinking these kids are n- okay here's my concern how do they not understand what has happened to their dog what is it that they call the creepy person that's following them around unsavory the unsavory character and the parents knew that there's some unsavory character lurking about their home where is this police officer <laughs> when they have an unsavory? Where is the protection? <laughs> literally a person stalking these children and yeah. nothing, nothing is done is about it. Yeah, it's really bizarre. But then there's this kid at school who's like always like he's kind of considered the bully and like. Clearly he stole the dog. Yes, dog. he wears a yellow hat. And this, there's this scene toward the end of the book where they see Wally and he's wearing a, the yellow hat and they're like, well. He just must have the same yellow hat as Unsavory. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how... So here's my thing. I enjoyed The Moffats because it is it is that classic style of just like, here's a little adventure for this chapter. Yeah. Tomorrow night, we'll read the next chapter and they'll have another adventure. And I like books like that, especially when I was a kid. This one, I think she tried too hard to put a plot to it and she just can't she write like that. It should have just been the adventures of the Pie family and Ginger, you know, like... But yeah, I think she was like, oh, I need to put something bad in here. So Ginger gets stolen. I mean, 
this this book shouldn't be called Ginger Pie. No. Because the say. dog is missing for the majority of the, the book. Even... Book for like 90% of it. And then there's that random chapter where it's told from the perspective of Ginger. That was weird. Like was... tell the whole <laughs> like tell the whole story from his perspective. Yeah. Or tell the whole story. I don't know, she just didn't some it just wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> or I thought like what I would have done different is, you know, if she wants to tell it from different perspectives, then pick one of the kids. Right. I would have picked Rachel. Well, you do it you do it in parts then. Yeah. yeah. So tell Rachel. Then give Ginger's perspective. Like, because yeah. the whole time Ginger's gone, like, she, I feel like she missed an opportunity to give us Ginger's perspective while he's in captivity. Ginger was leading a way more exciting life than the children. She just, I feel like. Would that have like been too much, though, to handle? Like, she didn't rewrite, edit, rewrite, edit, rewrite, edit enough. That's to what me, it this looks like. like a first draft of a book. And it's bad. Yeah, it's there was bad. work that needed to be done. And now it's too late because you're gone. The rabbit trails. I'm fine with rabbit trails. I'm fine with like a character. Something's going on and it reminds them of something else. So they quickly tell you what it reminds them. I mean, the Vanderbeekers does that. And she tells the story from multiple pers- multiple perspectives. But she does it well. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's too, there's too many <coughs> perspectives in, in this book. It's all right. So I, yeah. It was rough. That's what I would have changed. Yep. I mean, there might be people that would like this book, but. I think it's a a good book for a read aloud for young kids who don't care about. It'll put them right to sleep right at night. (laughs) Five Five stars for bedtime story. Yeah. That's all I have to say about this book. <laughs> I learned a lot about children's literature because I was desperate to find something to say about this book. So there's a library school in New York City? Apparently. So the Pratt Institute, I don't really know much about it, but I know they have like an art school. And maybe this was just back in the day that they had a library school. But well, I mean, to be a librarian, you have to have your master's in, like, library science right. or something. Which her husband eventually they, got. They have degrees? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, a librarian is someone that you should be able to approach and ask them a question, and they can tell you either tell you the answer or know exactly where to look for the answer and get it to you very quickly. I bet you the lady at the Barnes and Noble in the children's section has one of those. She's very, very helpful. Yeah. But yeah, and some most libraries, at least public libraries, you have to have your degree earned from a school that is ALA like certified. And not all schools like uh, Northern Illinois, their program does not offer that, which is weird to me. I feel yeah. like they should. Yeah, you can go to ALA.org and look at the universities that offer the degree that is a certified by the ALA. Like, if you want to be a librarian in the in our Rockford Public Library, you have to have a degree that is ALA certified. You can get your ALA accreditation and go to their library school at Pratt Institute still to this day. And I'm wondering, like, maybe you get your degree 
from a university and then somehow acquire your certification from I, ALA I separately. Maybe have you have to do like extra like things. I don't know. Like an assessment you could do or something. Or like do like an internship. Pratt Institute or... is located close to Assault and Battery, that fish and chips place. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know where I'm going. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't want to be a librarian, but I'll go for the fish and chips. I I think I would like I think I would like it, but you know, do it, Lauren. It costs money to get a degree, so and I already have one degree. Well, get another one. I mean, I would just need to get my master's, but we'll see. I think I'd like to get a degree. (laughs) I don't have one. What would you like to get your degree? I don't know yet. All right, (laughs) something cool. So editing, maybe. What are you going to get it? I said editing, maybe. Do they have a degree for that? It's probably some sort of an English degree. Yeah. Probably just have to do English stuff. <sighs> it's a love-hate relationship. That was my first uh, major. I changed my majors a lot. That's why it took me a while to get through college. Does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I just didn't go. <laughs> Hey, some people might say that's better. I had that brief stint with pastry school, but. You want to say something, Leah? I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know I if it's worth it. Say it. I was just going to say one thing I read about children's literature in general is that, in this author's opinion, children's literature is a true window into the society of that day and their view of children and children's roles Mm, I would agree with that and that's why children's literature is so important it is important indeed and thankfully it's better now than it used to be alright well (laughs) what other books could have beat this one well you already talked about a few of them but I'll just list them so the honor books for the 1952 Newberry were Americans Before Columbus by Elizabeth Beatty, Men of the Mississippi by Hauling C. Hauling. Hmm. The Defender <laughs> by Nicholas Kalashnikov, The Light at Turn Rock by Julia Sawyer, and The Apple and the Arrow by Mary and Conrad Buff. <sighs> I've never heard of any of those. Nope. But The Defender sounds like it probably would have been better. <laughs> The Defender. I'm, I'm surprised a Russian sort of name was nominated during the during Cold the War. Era. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> Good thoughts. I'm not gonna read them and find out what should have won. Oh, uh, this episode is gonna be real sad for people. I think <laughs> kind of a downer. I'm sorry. Just listen to the first part before we get into the book discussion, because we met Kwame Alexander. That was exciting. Yeah, and we know, met him. Not all the books are going to be home runs. No, they're not. I mean, we. I mean, there have been other books. I mean, there have been other books that I didn't really care for, guys. But this one is definitely down there with the story of mankind. The Defender is about a man in Siberia that has the courage to protect the endangered wild rams that share his mountain peak. That sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Julie of the Wolves right. to me. Yeah. And maybe that's why they didn't pick it, because they didn't want to pick another Julie of the Julie Wolves. Julie of the Wolves wasn't until the 70s, so <laughs> it hadn't been written oh, yet. <laughs> I don't keep track of the dates, Lauren. That's you. <laughs> I mean, we're doing the people a favor, really, with this one. and Unless they went out and actually bought it and read it and... 
Well, Sorry. what I want to know is if you have read this book and you do like it, please shoot us an email and tell us why you, why you like it and maybe you read it aloud to your kids. Maybe your kids like it. Tell us why your kids like it because I can see kids liking this book. It just it didn't have the it didn't have the suck me in factor. No, and it should have. I mean, the dog gets lost. Like that's like a cool mystery thing, but they were really not smart in their clue searching and such. They were not smart children when it came to that poor children well mandy what's our next book please let it be better than this one i hope it is um it is the winner of the 1985 newberry medal award the hero and the crown by robin mckinley why did you choose that book because it's a fantasy novel lauren they have they have books that are up my alley that are Newberry Medal winners. Yeah. Dragons. Yeah, there's a dragon on the cover. Mm-hmm, and the chick with the sword. That's why she picked it. Let's all be honest. <laughs> Actually, I, I, it was tied with another book that I won't tell you about because it'll probably be the next one I pick when it's my turn again. Unless one of you guys picks it. Shoo. Hero in the crown. We'll add it to my Goodreads list. Excellent. I'm going to add it right now. It's going to be awesome. I just know it. I've got a good feeling. Well, I mean, it has a dragon on the cover, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's actually a prequel to um, another book that, that this author wrote called The Blue Sword. So there's other books if we end up liking this. According to Goodreads, it's, a num- it's number two in the series. Mm. Well, yeah, it's probably like it's probably like Narnia, where there's like the order it was written, but then the order of events. Do you want to read us the blurb? Oh, you want you want me to do that? Yeah, let the people know. Benji hasn't read it yet. He hasn't marked as want to read, oh. so. Benji, get on it. Okay, the the story focuses on Aaron Dragonkiller, also known as Aaron Firehair, the heroine, who is introduced as a legendary character in the Blue Sword. The book narrates uh, Aaron's evolution from the shy, retiring daughter of the King of Damar to the heroic queen who protects her people from the demonic northerners. Cool. So it's got a female heroine. Most yes. heroines are female. I think all heroines <laughs> are female. Female. <laughs> so that's cool. Yes. yes. Nice. Oh, the the blurb on the back is different. Read that then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like different, different. (laughs) Although she is the daughter of Damar's king, Aaron has never been accepted as full royalty. Both in and out of the royal court, people whisper the story of her mother, the witch woman who was said to have inspelled the king into marrying her to get an heir to rule Damar, then died of despair when she found she had born a daughter instead of a son. But none of them, not even Aaron herself, can predict her destiny, for she is to be the true hero who will wield the power of the blue sword. The blue sword. The blue sword. It's intriguing. Well, sounds like it'll be good. Well, should we let the people know how to get in touch with us? Let us know. If they like ginger pie or not, also send us your Newberry book recommendations. Indeed. We love taking listener suggestions. We do. 
You can email us <laughs> at teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at Team Friendship Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Team Friendship Podcast. We're on Twitter at Three Friends Podcast. And our website, teamfriendshippodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter at Gracie Firstborn. You can find me on Instagram, Leah Randall. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Malay. And we're we're on Goodreads. Mandy, are you're not on Goodreads? I, I am on Goodreads. Okay, I'm just we're all not on active Goodreads. on the we're Goodreads. All on Goodreads. My profile is now public. It was not before. I didn't know that. I should get active. So you can find us. Just search our names on Goodreads. We'd love to see what you, everyone else is reading. It's fun for me to look at what everyone else is reading, and then I can see. Oh, I might want to read that as well. So yeah. Well, folks, we'll see you on another time. And remember, friends, no two persons ever read the same book. And if you're Mandy, you physically could not read this one. So we're reviewing Ginger Pie, winner of the 1952 Newbery Medal. Is that right? Is this lady dead? Yes, it is correct. <laughs> I love the effort we're putting into this book. <laughs> All right, let me try that again. So we are, we're, we're going to try it again. <laughs> Okay. We're, we're not waiting on anything. The podcast is over now because this book sucks. <laughs> we'll see you at another time. <laughs> if you like stupid books, go on out and get this one. <laughs> and we're going to title this one The Story of Mankind 2. Uh... I'm really nervous about reading any of the books that are surrounding me. Is I know. I'm really nervous I... as well. Don't want to. Considering Benji said the <laughs> books prior to this one Benji is are good. worse than this one. And Lauren wonders why we pick the new books. Well, because we're going <laughs> to have to read these eventually. So I feel like I, I, do anything, Lauren. I feel like I have to pick these books. Well, we each pick and then the another month we have to read an old book that's terrible. I Yes. Great idea. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I can pick books that I think I'll actually like. Yeah. And the apple in the area that... I'm going to go to the discount bookstore. <laughs> I'm never buying a book full price again after I just can't buy from the library. If I really like it, then I buy it. Well, I'm just kind of on this quest to like end up owning all of them. That's a lot of books, Mandy. Yeah, but if I'm only buying a book a month... I know, but like you have to put them somewhere. Well, I'll put them somewhere. I will buy another shelf.